on today's episode of Life Embodied. I think everybody knows that if for some reason you had been crying for half an hour, maybe even alone in your room, and then you're like, well, now I feel really sensitive. You really allowed some layers to drop, and it's like we actually rip open to the universe somehow in mm -hmm. this intense pain. On one hand, we are separated from something, but at the same time, we open up to to everything and it can be dangerous and it can open so many options. Yeah. Obviously we want to be in a safe space in this moment of extreme openness. Welcome to Life Embodied, where we explore how an embodiment practice can support us in meeting the challenges of life. How can we surf the waves of life deeply anchored in the safety of our bodies? How can we learn to trust our capacity to be with intense sensations and emotions? How can we cultivate body awareness and why does it matter? Episodes include interviews with experts and practitioners that bring their knowledge and passion and share practical tips for your everyday life. I am your host, Katharina Alf. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the conversation. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode. Today's guest is very special to me. She's my teacher, mentor, and the guardian of my first steps into transformative bodywork. She's my friend, Sophie Kinkel. Sophie's academic background is in cultural studies. In 2005, she left the art business and the gallery she had worked for and decided to fully and professionally dive into her passion for touch, breath, movement and transformation. She then studied the Greenberg method, but left the specific structure after 10 years to open up to and include different influences. These days, her work is inspired by shamanic practices, improv theater, breathwork, contact improvisation, and much more. In 2017, she opened her school for transformative bodywork and started teaching others how to support and hold space for transformative and regenerative processes. Welcome, Sophie. Hello, thank you. <laughs> Do you feel accurately portrayed in this introduction? Yes, but maybe I would add a little bit sure. that I actually already started this journey as a kid or teenager by exploring touch with animals because I always felt the cat never wanted to be touched like all the grown-ups around how they try to do it, or the horse or the dog. And, and I always try to feel how do the animals actually want to be touched. And the same then later with my best friends and my first partners, I found it extremely interesting to feel how do these creatures really want to be touched. And it came actually also from... The suffering I had already since a kid, I had migraines and got a massage. Uh, I was already there also watching the ma massage therapist mm -hmm. and like, okay, what is working actually, what he's doing and what is actually not working. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to apply it with my friends and it was always like a research for me. <clears throat> yeah, nice. Yeah, really like, like touch as a form of communication. Yeah, somehow it, mm -hmm. I found this already so satisfying to mm -hmm. follow this, mm -hmm. even though I wasn't conscious about it. I just followed my own pleasure in yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and what was also super important for my path was the first shamanic experience I had when I was 18, 90 with trans dance. And there I also noticed so much of this body and mind connection, spirit, like this, how they all come together, the breath, mm -hmm. the body and the mind, and mm -hmm. how healing it was and yeah, how what easy access it is. Yeah, and also thank you to my big sister who <laughs> helped me also on this way. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay, well, we're already in the middle of everything, <laughs> but let's take a step back because I want to open with the question, what is it like being your body today or in general? Like, what is, what is it like being you, <laughs> living in your body? <laughs> mm, uh, um, yeah, in this mo yeah, I feel happy. <laughs> Just like when I start from this moment and yeah, when I'm really... Yeah, obviously, there I can feel all kinds of different sensations, obviously. <laughs> But most of the time when I really feel my body, it's such a pleasure to feel life force running through me. Mm. And yeah, this love for life, actually, uh, which is undescribable somehow. But obviously, I also know really deep pain. And if I'm like over-focused uh, on certain thoughts or whatever when I have some kind of shutdown it's very suffering and okay. <laughs> very painful and yeah. I still can get headaches also sometimes which are the most painful things for me yeah mm -hmm. thank you and yeah you already touched on what I wanted to ask you next is this what did you discover in the embodiment work or um, yeah, like for yourself that you felt like, ah, okay, I know how to create this experience for me or how to end another experience. What was it that you discovered that became available to you in a way that you were suddenly, able, not suddenly, but with training able to create for yourself? And you spoke about migraines, but it's probably mm. not only this, mm. where you felt like, ah, cool, so I'm not... I'm not a victim to this anymore. Like mm. I can, yeah. Yeah, I think even so, those migraines that I experienced since a kid, which were like the most horrible times of my life somehow, because mm. suddenly I felt only pain and no more escape from, mm. like in a way, like for a moment. And it brought me to this, Yeah, really like a sensation of I'm standing against the wall. <laughs> It's mm -hmm. like a bit like no escape. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was like, okay, either I stay in this place or I there was this impulse, okay, I need to look deeper and I need to follow something else. I need to make a shift. Yeah, okay. if I just continue in this direction, it's going to be hell. But if I, if I actually listen to myself physically and emotionally, mm -hmm. intuitively in a different way, um, then I can get back into track. And I think I practiced this since I had the migraine, actually. And it was always different solutions that I figured mm -hmm. out. And, um, and in this way, I'm grateful that my body created this symptom mm -hmm. to bring me always back 
on to tr like back on track to to come back from whatever avoidance strategy that I maybe had before and to overcome certain emotions to overcome certain needs or fears or whatever let's say okay stop everything now what do you really feel what do you really need what do you you don't need this came all onto the surface when I started to listen in this intense physical pain and when I listened And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, actually, I can't go there now. Actually, I have to talk to this person. I realized then, wow, I am lying to myself in this place. Mm -hmm. And then my body reacted immediately. It felt safe again when mm -hmm. I started to listen to mm -hmm. this deeper layer and the headache stopped. And like mm -hmm. this, it was always like a guidance to who are you really? And I guess maybe I could have gone much more lost if I wouldn't have this super strong boundary of my own system of okay here no more here's yeah. the one <laughs> yeah. try that you will experience lots of pain yeah but it was really good mm -hmm. I mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah mm. yeah it really touches me this what I hear you say in a way is this trusting trusting the body trusting the impulses within your system even trusting the pain to yeah. not work against it to not be like okay i have to overcome the pain or also not to accept that okay i just have to take painkillers to function yeah, i couldn't yeah. I, then i would throw up okay. was, i had no escape <laughs> <laughs> yeah but to, yeah drop into this trust it in a way trust the the guidance within this mm. Beautiful. Yeah, and I think this was then later also with other things. I think like our symptoms can be are like amazing gateways because they are like the peak of the iceberg, I would say, where we are like somehow stuck or where we are very clearly showing, okay, we don't feel safe, either because we believe it from historical reasons or something is too much, we have to slow down. Mm -hmm. yeah. When we're talking about physical symptoms now, I sometimes feel like that's a bit of a slippery slope because you can also start blaming yourself when you're not able to resolve specific symptoms or they just don't end or you, you feel like you're doing what you can and still the pain is there or still the illness is there. Some things just don't change. Mm. And... How do you approach this also when you work with people that, yes, we often experience amazing changes when people drop to this level of trust, but also not always. Mm. How, do you, yeah, how do you approach this with clients or when people maybe say like, yeah, but I've tried everything and my symptoms don't change and it's not an expression of me not trusting life or, you know, like the, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, um, obviously we can't explain everything, why everything is there and yeah. and sometimes things are also just broken Yeah, mm. at some point. If there's some kind of impact happening on our body, no matter from which direction, yeah, it can be so many things, can be also from our environment, like some poisoning or whatever and 
and we just don't have the financial options to move somewhere else or mm. even if we would like to yeah then mm. it's very difficult to mm. say okay it's your responsibility or well yeah. Yeah, i don't know um and uh, or but also if we abuse ourselves too long yeah if mm. we keep moving too much until our knees are fucked or keep <laughs> locking our knees or like contracting the shoulders again and again until slip disc is there and mm. we don't notice it and then we start to do the change then we still have to deal with the results ne? and mm. obviously it doesn't help then to blame ourselves yeah. Yeah. so yeah I mm. think then it's really to acknowledge okay cool I Maybe I can really painfully notice how bad it is if I override myself all the time. And yeah, and at some point things are also broken. And mm -hmm. then, we, then we have to find other solutions, definitely. And mm -hmm. then to have good painkillers, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or whatever ever help is needed, then it's, I think, really good to have and to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be gentle with yourself, because I guess there's a huge consciousness lesson in it then. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you notice this, oh, fuck, like for such a long time, I was overriding myself and I and you really get in touch with your mortality, I would also mm -hmm. say. It's not endlessly... Um, um. Recovery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't recover from death. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And there might also be forces at play that we just cannot influence or that, that are difficult to access where we're like maybe also influenced by transgenerational yeah, aspects or absolutely. poison our mother was exposed to when yeah. she was pregnant, stuff like yeah. that, where you really like this, not like with transgenerational trauma, you can probably work, but still you might not, mm. you know, might not find a context where you can address it or where mm. there's a person who can perceive it and mm. support you. And then it's really not your fault no. but, and, and still you're kind of suffering from the consequences. Yeah. And I, Yeah, I think then it's really, yeah, to find your individual way with it. I think you already talked about it by yourself and also in the other podcast of this can't avoid pain and mm -hmm. often it can transform easier when you allow it. But sometimes if things are broken, it can also be just too much just to allow it all the time, I yeah. would say. <laughs> I yeah. think it's, but I think uh, if you at least open up for it, then you can notice, okay, now this is actually just too much, or actually, mm -hmm. wow, if I let go and I don't do a certain movement, then it's still somehow fine. Or, mm -hmm. wow, if I actually learn how to do this or that, mm -hmm. then it's also fine. Mm -hmm. Or if I, I think there's so much learning and mm -hmm. exploring and, mm -hmm. and probably I can't, even answer this question because it's so big to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's interesting to collect puzzle pieces. Yeah. Because it's um because I, I also notice it in myself that even though I know, you know, like pain is part of life, I still have the reflex when I'm in pain that I feel like, okay, I did something wrong. What did mm -hmm. I do wrong? Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like a it's like a reflex to as a response to pain that I'm like 
okay, did I put my hand on the oven and didn't notice? Where is the oven? <laughs> but sometimes things are just painful and there's no way around it or there's yeah. no... Yeah, mm. it's just pain and giving, giving into it almost, allowing it, accepting it, mm. experiencing it and... Mm. Yeah, and also depending on if it's like physical, I mean, obviously somehow it's somehow also always both, like mm. emotionally or physically, but sometimes it's more... More one or the other, <laughs> more obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's, uh, yeah, if it's really like this heart pain and mm. yeah, it can have so many different layers and like things that you could change in it and... Mm. Or actually what I wanted to say before when you said what I did something wrong, I think there's also still so much of religion influencing us. If painful experience is like a punishment of life. Yeah? Mm -hmm. For your sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all, yeah, 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 you feel so guilty. Like, yeah. What did I do wrong? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But I think there are definitely things where you Often we can also change things where pain can get less, you know, if we yeah. pay attention, okay, what is actually so painful now? Do I feel not good enough? Okay, maybe what's happening if I manage somehow, miraculously <laughs> by myself or with the help of somebody else to drop this belief to be not good enough? Mm -hmm. And just to drop this will bring a massive relief, mm -hmm. even if you still can't make certain dance movements. <laughs> Everybody else can do it. <laughs> okay, this sounds like a very, uh, like a very compact thing. Please unpack it a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot in this. How do we drop beliefs? How does this magically happen? And what about the dance moves? <laughs> Yeah, maybe we can really start with the belief. Like, I think it's a, it's a very good, it's a good one. <laughs> Being not good enough, I think everybody sometimes yeah. believes this about yeah. themselves. Some yeah. people more often, some people yeah. all the time, some people mm. almost never, but everybody knows this feeling. Yeah. So uh, how do we drop this? Uh, yeah, first of all, I think it's good to notice the difference between inside and outside. I took this example because I experienced it also just like a few weeks ago mm -hmm. when I was in an extremely good contact improvisation course. And then, yeah, the level of experience and expertise was very high. And I noticed, wow. I'm definitely not on the top bit of this crowd. <laughs> and it really managed to trigger this sensation of feeling not good enough. Mm. It, I, it really brought me to this trigger point and I really felt it's such a deep pain that's probably constantly still alive in me and that because I feel confidence when I teach body work, when I give sessions, and it's like, oh, everything's running really smoothly, mm -hmm. that it's like it can't come up. But if I go into a field where I may be not um, totally functioning as I imagine, as I want to, then it can come. And, and even the really nice teacher, she came after one class, she said, oh, Sophie, it's so nice that you're here and how you're spreading your energy and you're expanding in space and bring this 
qualities of your work and I just burst out crying. <laughs> I'm not going to know. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. <laughs> and because it was, like, she had such a different perception than mm -hmm. me from the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, okay, there's really something showing up. And mm, that made you realize that it was a, a, really an internal thing. That yeah. it was not, not everybody was like, oh, Sophie is not good enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something inside of yourself the, the yeah. story that yeah and that also not that I bring other parts of myself that are really nice for others and yeah. not only that I know certain techniques and which I totally over focused on and mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. the story I made and then I went home I was like okay wow thank you um, that I get to this place because it really shows me that I need to uh, take this stachel out, like this, mm. um, I don't know. The thorn or the, yeah. the sting. I, yeah. yeah, something that's mm -hmm. like stinging my heart, which is like there the whole mm -hmm. time. And then, yeah, I went home and yeah, was breathing, sensing my body. And, and then I paid attention. Okay, what do I do in my body if I don't feel good enough? And that all this and that I put myself down just because mm -hmm. I can't yet do this uh, movement, you know, yeah. or tricks or whatever, acrobatics. Yeah. And, um, and then I notice, okay, then I close in certain places in my body, then I go out of certain places, I start to ignore myself and actually suddenly I feel really miserable mm -hmm. and very small and mm -hmm. it's like I can create this sensation actually without the other things happening and then oh, actually when I release and breathe then I feel my whole body again and also my whole emotional state and I actually decide to drop everything that I was holding on to, including this belief, which I already mm -hmm. noticed, okay, it's a belief. I don't yeah. want to stay with it and yeah. I let go, I breathe and then, well, maybe still a few waves of pain come, but also a lot of release came and I felt much more confident again mm -hmm. and free and yeah, just like, okay, I'm meeting something that I want to learn. I don't know it yet. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with my self-worth. Yeah. And so I came back to reality, actually, yeah. to the reality of this moment and uh, left some kind of childhood, whatever, school. I, have mm -hmm. no, I don't even know from where, but mm -hmm. somehow I left this experience. Yeah. yeah. And then it was actually really nice to enter back into the dance class the next mm -hmm. day and then Actually, I already knew, okay, which places do I uh, might contract if I look at myself as not worthy. And so I went into the class and constantly wanted to breathe there. And whenever something became challenging, I was like, no, I want mm -hmm. to breathe, expand, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, stay in my, in the, and just like, yeah, stay in my self-worth. Mm -hmm. If I notice, well, the sensation is, being triggered again, I continue to breathe and I mm -hmm. just try my best to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so rich because this is really, this is one example of 
what we do, right? This mm -hmm. is our work and, and there are so many aspects that I would like to zoom in as mm. if because yeah, I mean you, you described like how to at first identify that this is yeah. actually a belief that I hold and it's yeah. not reality and yeah. then to notice okay, how do I create it in my body? And then also this aspect of it's an ongoing process then not I, it's not that i drop it once and then it's dropped and it's gone but it's like it will be triggered again and again and again and again you will have the choice mm. to follow the old narrative and or to expand and to mm. keep feeling everything of you mm. so maybe we can break these steps down a bit and I, yeah, 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 we can do it. And but I, what one thing that I wanted to add also now it sounded like really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. listen, listen, listen. Yeah. But like, I think if I would have had somebody also with me in this moment, then I could have gone even deeper with the release at home, yeah. and maybe to digest also some more old pain. I mean, I did it somehow. But I think I did it now also like somehow during the dance class because mm -hmm. when I managed to open and expand but still this pain was moving through me and then I was digesting actually some old pain. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very important piece mm. that was missing until yeah. now. Yeah, that it's definitely like when someone else is there we, we can dare to go even deeper or mm. I don't know, it's, it's even I find an unconscious Thing, that the mm. body as if chooses to like okay it's safe to mm -hmm. open up this box mm. yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't do it on its own mm. or me I don't do it on my own mm. so probably for many people the first step is already like can be mind-blowing for all of us if we identify Oh, this is a belief I hold. <laughs> and it's like, you're already distancing yourself a little bit from it in a way, right? It's mm -hmm. not your whole identity because I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. <laughs> but suddenly like, ah, okay, this is something I believe and it's not necessarily true. So how do we identify these things as something that we hold on to or that we create? Mm, I would say... Also, like when we um, when we feel shit <laughs> for whatever reason, not worthy or what, extra afraid, extra pain, somehow stirred up, and we notice, okay, actually I'm also contracting myself, or actually I don't really feel my body. Mm -hmm. Then I already notice I do something that doesn't allow myself to feel myself fully. Mm -hmm. So there must be something that I believe I just can't be here as I am. And it can be like this whole state of being can be triggered by a belief. Well, actually, it's most of the time, but it can be also that the body just says stop, stop being active, chill out. It's too much for me. It can be also a real mm -hmm. response because mm -hmm. it's like a protection response actually from the body. When you're actually tired and you keep going, keep going, probably your neck will contract at some point. Yeah. Because your body says, or your shoulders, it's like, don't just, just chill out. Mm -hmm. I need to recover. Mm -hmm. We want to, you need to recover. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, but then also if you relax into this, then actually if you become silent and you don't keep believing, I have to go on, I have to go on, then actually also this impulse can mm -hmm. come. But sorry, mm -hmm. I distracted you again from what you said before. You know, it's all good. Yeah, like how do we reveal to ourselves that this is not reality? Mm -hmm. You know, that, it, that, that it's kind of a contorted view onto life or onto ourselves that and and I think you also answered I think the first step is probably to shift attention towards the body mm. it's like to okay I'm in my mind I try mm. to solve something I, mm. I I'm in, in in argument with myself and yeah. I'm like okay so what is actually happening in my body mm -hmm. and then we can start to notice what we need to do physically to hold on to this belief or thought or mm -hmm. story hmm. yeah like uh, when i notice something is paining me <laughs> it's hurting me mm -hmm. for my heart for my body i can pay attention does a certain attitude come with it that makes the contraction more or mm -hmm. you can just follow the contraction or often people also just say they don't feel themselves anymore mm -hmm that this is happening automatically and then you could first of all start to breathe a bit more mm -hmm. in whatever happens before you do anything I would start to breathe a bit more because then you will immediately have more energy and it's much easier to pay attention actually when mm -hmm. you have a bit more energy and and more awareness we have immediately a bit more connected with ourselves, with our surroundings. The breath is such an amazing first entrance, I would say, and mm -hmm. very needed also before you play around with yourself. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so when you have, first of all, a bit more of your breath and then pay attention, okay, what? How? where am I contracting? Where am I actually maybe leaving my body or taking my attention out of my body. How do I do it? What do I do with my breath? And what attitude comes actually then? And then, yeah, to try to release it and actually come back mm -hmm. consciously. For a moment, pay attention what you normally do unconsciously. And you notice again, I could do it also. And if I'm again on this level of doing, then I can also undo it. <laughs> and, and then I can say, okay, now, okay, I went, I retreated from my legs. Now I want to go back into my legs with my awareness. Okay, maybe mm -hmm. I, I, I can't really do it. So I maybe touch it or mm -hmm. I roll around on the floor. Uh, I move them, I do an exercise. Or the same with contraction, maybe touch is helping, maybe movement, definitely always the breath. And then probably something will also move on a different level, on the, on the awareness level, on the emotional or just energetical level, mm -hmm. because this held attitudes in the body or in the mind and all the kinds of different levels that we have, they actually store a lot of energy and they store a lot of attention and actually when we let them be free then all this energy and attention emotions uh, we are as humans <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, <laughs> then can reorganize in mm -hmm. its own intelligence and actually also digest something that we try to suppress or that we mm -hmm. try to protect ourselves from. Because maybe it was, probably it was too much in the past and then we learned actually this protection mechanism and had some certain conclusions like yeah. about certain things and then we just stayed in it and this is like some explanations but mm -hmm. yeah sometimes good to know also yeah because it might come up right when yeah. we when we let go of an old strategy that we learned at some point we might come in touch with a memory yeah or with old pain old fear mm. And also all power and actually mm. joy. Sometimes a lot of pleasure can come. Mm -hmm. It's like I always love to tell the story of because it was so extreme. <laughs> <laughs> One guy who was convinced he had panic attacks in groups and that he's so frightened in groups. And then actually when we moved through what's happening automatically when he's in groups and when he releases, he just had to laugh that he noticed that he always noticed so many funny things about people that he <laughs> feels like he can't pay attention to this so he's suppressing his humor the whole time and then he's so full of energy that it gives him panic and actually uh -huh. when he allowed his humor <laughs> he was just laughing one hour the whole session and went home with so much energy <laughs> and we did this three times and he had never problems in groups anymore so you never know what's happening <laughs> we don't just suppress unpleasant feelings no. <laughs> I think actually a lot of pleasure also in yeah. the, I mean especially with sexuality also mm -hmm. yeah I mean mm -hmm. And all of this can also come, or a lot of love, a lot of wish to express, to mm -hmm. think, to, like, it all comes back. It's not that only when we open the box, all oh, this pain and fear is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like, uh, our uh, amazingness as humans are coming, yeah. Like, yeah. Which we, are, which we were missing also a lot, and a lot of our dignity actually, which we were missing, and uh, self-love, and which we don't have to do so much to ourselves, but which is just flowing then. Yeah. Mm. Good motivation. that you very early in your life started to play with touch and touch as a form of communication and you mm -hmm. also said that the process of um, the little process you described that you had mm -hmm. of releasing the mm -hmm. belief of being mm -hmm. not good enough yeah. that you might have gone deeper if someone else would have been present mm -hmm. so how like where does the other person maybe the practitioner or mm -hmm. maybe whoever mm -hmm. but in our case the practitioner yeah. uh, where do they come in the picture or what What do we do then when when we join a process like this? What does it do? Or also how, yeah, many, many questions at once. But what is our role? And also what role does the touch play? And yeah, how to touch, where, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would say, actually, also if I start from my story, actually yeah. this dance teacher took, in the moment when I started crying, she took the role. Mm -hmm. So it can be also really a friend or... Yeah. 
And a good teacher will do this, right? Yes. I think a good teacher will notice when support is needed or to hold yeah. space for you. Yeah, and I mean, but for her first approach, I think, wasn't to give me a good feeling, but just mm -hmm. she was just expressing, you know, mm -hmm. and then I just started crying and mm -hmm. just because it felt like she had, she brought me much more into reality and mm -hmm. she was paying attention to me and um so my like the experience of today and my old pain both had space mm -hmm. and and she helped me just by seeing me as the person that i am today i felt super safe uh, that i actually could allow the old pain that mm -hmm. because in this way of looking at me as my individual special self in this moment She told me unconsciously also that it's not true what I believe. And then it was okay from the outside. This judgment is not meeting me. But mm -hmm. then some kind of old pain around it could come. And I think this is also happening in sessions that we pay attention to the person mm -hmm. today. Even if they believe they are maybe still the victim of like what they experienced in the past or maybe the... Maybe they did a mistake or whatever and still mm -hmm. blame themselves and that mm -hmm. we actually look at them as who they are today and not only perceiving them through our mind because often we can't even mm -hmm. do it in the fullness we can do with our whole body antenna but actually with our touch and also how you described it already so beautifully in your intro like with this attentive sensing touch that mm. we sense who is this creature without both of us believing anything but mm -hmm. just paying attention and being with this person in the state that they are mm -hmm. and staying in connection like really staying in connection with reality in this challenging moment i think this is such a crucial point actually mm -hmm. maybe also One of the answers to what you asked in the beginning of your whole podcast, like mm -hmm. how can we move through life and mm -hmm. challenging. And I think that one foot at least has to stay in reality yeah. of today if we meet emotions of the past, but also really if we meet the emotions of today and yeah. also today really intense separations, all kinds mm -hmm. of things are happening that we... Yeah, stay in our body, stay in touch with the reality we are in. And mm -hmm. then this hurt that we are maybe experienced in the past or also maybe today can be like an intense opening. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everybody knows it. If for some reason you had been crying for uh, for half an hour, maybe even alone in your room, and then you're like, wow, now I feel really sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you really allowed some layers to drop and it's like yeah i feel like often we actually rip open to the universe somehow in mm -hmm. this intense pain and that mm -hmm. it's on one hand we are separated from something maybe from a belief that somehow gave us security or like an artificial cluster and <laughs> and or like we are in some kind of relationship that is somehow not 100 fitting but somehow keeps another wound closed or need closed and then 
all of this breaks open and whoa, something seems to be missing and mm -hmm. it's, it is painful. But at the same time, we open up to, to everything with this, with mm -hmm. the wound. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, and it can be dangerous and it can open so many options. Yeah. Obviously, we want to be in a safe space in this moment of extreme openness. Yeah, yeah. I think this this is also, um, or this points to why it's not possible to face this kind of pain when you're small and you're not safe. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Why we have to invent protective mechanisms. Yeah. Because when you're not safe at home as a child, you yeah. cannot allow your heart to break open. But we can recover this later in life, mm. and it's both the old pain and the yeah. pain from today that, of course, life will present yeah. <laughs> painful experiences, loss and, and separation, death, whatever. Like, mm. Yeah. I really wanted to talk about this because you recently said the essence of transformation in a way is to, to trust that when we let go, mm -hmm. we will connect to a deeper wisdom mm. or to... That we, that when we allow to drop into trusting life, yes, that this would that it will be good for us. Yeah, and it's a, it might sound abstract, but I think it can be a very very real experience. I mean, you have a lot of experience with this. It's not that you made this up, but it's mm. something you experienced again and again. I'm sure that when we choose to trust life, that it is good for us. It's radical. Yeah, to trust that when we let go, mm -hmm. that what will happen next has its own intelligence yeah. Yeah, and drive. Yeah, and I mean, this goes definitely into a super big spiritual subject, maybe. Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. If, I don't really know what this word spiritual means anyway, but yeah, interconnectedness, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah where does that? Mm. We both watched it so many times that mm -hmm. if somebody is contracting somewhere and feeling really helpless, that actually when they let go and start to breathe and feel their body, that something else will start to move and that maybe some pain and all fear might come, but also some power and, and somehow life force will take over. Obviously, we can have influence and we have control on a certain level, but we didn't invent this world fully. Yeah, We have to admit to it. I mean, now most of the areas on Earth are somehow framed by men and mm -hmm. by humans, and we have our fingers everywhere how something <laughs> is looking. Yeah, mm -hmm. But the thing itself, we didn't created and yeah. also everybody's just one element of this whole thing and mm -hmm. somehow we are created by life force mm -hmm. whatever that is <laughs> no idea yeah. yeah and i think just to pay attention in the end we are all a puzzle piece of this universe mm -hmm. and somehow this whole universe is moving together like maybe one body with many cells And if we look at it, like our body wants to be healthy and happy. Our body wants that all our cells are happy and safe. And if we hurt ourselves somewhere, then the whole thing will help to 
recover there and so I think it's in a way the same like this whole universe actually wants all ourselves <laughs> ourselves all itself to be somehow good and we don't have all the same lifespans also no? yeah. because it's not only creation it's also decay it's like mm -hmm. the whole time the cycle of growing mm -hmm. and dying and mm -hmm. growing and dying and on so many levels physically mm -hmm. also we notice things ah this is important and whoa oh, actually now it's already not so important anymore <laughs> There's, uh, this yeah. can drop and it can decay i have no idea anymore what is important and suddenly ah actually this is important yeah. <laughs> now i'm hungry and now this yeah, but also on other like yeah. a consciousness level i mean so many people already Had it, no? The mm -hmm. only constant is transformation. I mean, yes. use read it on Yogi Tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, many people can see it. Yeah. And, okay, so two things that I want to dive a bit deeper into. Like, the one is letting go, giving in, trusting the impulse that will arise, mm -hmm. yeah, to bring it back to the very physical layer of. Uh, okay, I notice when I believe a, a specific thing about myself or about life, I contract my belly and mm -hmm. my lower belly and my mm -hmm. pelvis. And what this does is it, it disconnects me from my legs and mm -hmm. from the power from below. Now I know, okay, if I let go, there will be an intelligent impulse in me. Yeah. <laughs> and I try to relax into this and I try yeah. to relax my belly, I let yeah. go of my pelvis and then... I'm confronted with an intelligent impulse in myself. And this can be quite overwhelming to experience. Mm. It can be really powerful. Yes. We might meet something that we don't know yet. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> so can you zoom in a bit on this moment of allowing something like life force or mm -hmm. whatever in yourself that is maybe scary mm -hmm. or that again you have a specific belief about like mm -hmm. aggression bad mm -hmm. you know yeah. because this might also mm. come absolutely yeah so yeah how to navigate intense impulses in our system that scare us or that we're afraid mm. that mm. might not be good for us or others when we mm. feel them yeah i would like if you do it more by yourself i would definitely finding the frame that you also mentioned of your physical body because this is definitely in the moment and it can bring a sensation of safety to feel the solidity and actually to breathe and mm -hmm. to give space for yourself mm -hmm. and for this intensity because actually the more space you have within yourself the intensity will dissolve a little bit the more you are contracted and energy is somehow waking up and it has very little space and it feels much more intense and if mm -hmm. you have actually more space and it already gets like as if diluted and if you allow it to expand if it gets really a lot it will even expand around your physical body the the energy the awareness and lets our consciousness grow and yeah i think to sense your body to stay in connection with something real that and something you know okay i know this carpet here i know my mm -hmm. the massage table to sense this 
maybe to sense also what feels good about it that mm -hmm. this is happening that mm -hmm. you find some anchor of pleasure even if it's not intense or maybe just a little anchor of safety okay mm -hmm. where do i still feel safe in my body mm -hmm. okay little finger okay <laughs> yes. uh -huh. and and then also to sense this and mm -hmm. if there's also a practitioner with you and best case scenario this practitioner trusts the flow and allows it in themselves Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't have exactly the same experience, but they generally have nothing against it. Yeah. And they have like some kind of attitude of yes in themselves to this flow, to mm -hmm. maybe anger, maybe mm -hmm. to pain, to really deep fear, maybe to intense pleasure, mm -hmm. to um, whatever we felt is too much for us. And that they can embody it actually in themselves mm -hmm. in their way. And not because these two bodies now have like a personal relationship, but they're in touch and, and the practitioner actually goes first. And says, yeah, I fully agree uh -huh. that we relax now into this quality and we meet uh -huh. it. And then this other person actually can learn the nervous system can actually learn mm -hmm. wow i'm safe here i can have this emotion and there's somebody with me who is not afraid of it maybe then i can also trust it yeah and this is also a bit like what little children uh, also in best case scenario can experience with the mother or the parent if the parents have a balanced nervous system, which is not so often the case. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we do it very automatically yeah. that we orientate on the other nervous system and most of the time actually on this nervous system, which is most relaxed. Uh, yeah, we can sense it if the practitioner is relaxed and feels safe with this quality. Yeah. Then we can learn also to trust it. And like this, we can inspire each other for trust. Mm -hmm. and intensity mm -hmm. yeah nice I think this kind of inspiration really works on many layers also like Rafe Kelly who I recently interviewed also said that just by being around him people mm -hmm. realize it's actually okay to climb a tree mm -hmm. because he does it he's yeah. a clown man he climbs trees and yeah. people are like oh okay so maybe it's not forbidden <laughs> <laughs> and they reconnect to the possibility just by being around him. Yeah. And I think this is a this is something that you that you definitely taught me. Like, be the inspiration. Go there first. Embody mm. it first. And and then the body you are with mm. will follow. Yeah. And I mean, first I also follow. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like this movement of okay, somebody is releasing something, and then I pay attention. I don't immediately go into something that they should follow, but mm. I actually completely allow not to know what's mm -hmm. going to happen. And then some quality comes together with also all the challenging things. And mm -hmm. I sometimes I have this image of like a little plant that's mm -hmm. just coming out. And somehow I can sense the smell of this plant already. Mm -hmm. I trained this. <laughs> <laughs> And then I immediately say yes to it. Yeah, it's awesome that you were there. And uh -huh. not with words, but with paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. And I also notice, oh, there's also massive doubt in the person who is mm -hmm. like, oh, 
but then I start to pay attention more to this quality that wants to come and I relax into this quality in myself and then it has more space actually mm -hmm. to show. With quality it could be also to agree to have pain, yeah? Yeah. But often it also comes another quality with the pain of relief, connection, realization, whatever. I remember the first time we met five and a half years ago. It was the first module of my training with you. And we were doing some exercises and we were raising energy and we were breathing. And, and then at some point you said, yeah, and notice how the atmosphere in the room is changing. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it, like, until then, no one climbed that tree in front of me. Like no one said, ah, it's actually possible to perceive atmospheres. And that's a thing. <laughs> and we can all perceive the same atmosphere. Uh -huh. It's real, you know, like. It was such a revolution for me <laughs> to be like, is that allowed? Like paying attention to the atmosphere and how it did we just change the atmosphere? <laughs> it was such a level of magic that suddenly mm -hmm. was unlocked mm -hmm. for me and this layer of perception. Mm -hmm. And be because you also now talked about allowing a quality in yourself and it will actually bring something into the room that can be perceived. Mm. And I think this is such a magical layer that also people often are like how do you know this is what i'm experiencing yeah because it's not a secret <laughs> we can perceive it we all can in mm. a way and we can notice very subtle shifts if we allow to pay attention to them yeah absolutely yeah it's something very humane and i think mm -hmm. especially in intimate relationships that happens a lot and then mm -hmm. it's already so normal that you don't Uh, take it as so crazy anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think it's very much with parents and children, but also with partners and mm -hmm. very good friends. And you refer to the body as a dancing antenna, or I've heard you say this. Mm -hmm. And I think we touched on many aspects of it already. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean that we that we are dancing antennas? Yeah, I got this image actually from a client. Uh, mm -hmm who is studying antenna and in the end of the session people are like integrating by staying alone in the room and resting and then she, it was the room was completely dark it was in the evening and when I came back she was like it was amazing I could feel everything in the room all the objects even so I couldn't see anything it's so true everything is an antenna <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she was studying that actually everything can perceive everything, also mm -hmm. things that we don't consider as a consciousness. And so I really like this image because I feel we can perceive from so, like, the, our perception from our legs is different than our perception from our, our belly or mm -hmm. belly or heart, mm -hmm. like chest, face, or mm -hmm. all of us. It's actually one big perception instrument and yeah, and I mean it's also in a way very obvious now there are all of this nerves, ends everywhere and and they are connected with 
different areas in the brain, they are with different functions and we perceive space with our whole skin, with all our senses in all directions and at the same time we perceive towards the inside. But very often we relate uh, culturally, I would say, mostly with our eyes, maybe with our ears, maybe with our fingertip who is touching the touchpad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, with we don't really want to perceive with our feet. We take those extra cushion sport shoes where we don't actually notice that the earth has the solidity. And mm -hmm. yeah, but actually, we can feel in all directions. I don't know if this is what you mean. Mm -hmm. or... mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that in a way, there's when we're in a relaxed state, like this is this is who we are. That we're kind of we're always perceiving our surroundings and we're dancing within it. Yes, absolutely. And we're dancing towards things yeah. or away from things yeah. according to what we perceive. Absolutely. And you, you sometimes refer to like when we work with the feet and yeah. with the toes, you like yeah. say like we're cleaning the antennas. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. We work on the toes and like, yeah, yeah if the antenna is clean, yeah. then it can perceive clearly. Yeah, and I mean, maybe then we should refer to it what it means, like clear or clean, could already trigger some uh, spiritual <laughs> or some religious, okay, something is not clean thing. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. not what, we, what I meant, but more these layers of beliefs or like sunglasses that we mm -hmm. take many on top of each other. <laughs> And then, okay, the world is actually like this, I am like this, you mm -hmm. are like this, the future is going to be like this or like that, and the past was like this, like all the conclusions that we did, which are maybe outdated. Maybe they were never true, maybe they were true, but not anymore. And then they are like layers of perception because we have to hold this fixed points of perception they are not just in our mind actually to stop transformation and also the transformation of our perception and our point of view. We have to do effort in our body and we have to numb ourselves slightly because our perception of reality is there constantly. And in order not to do it, we have to numb or close. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I think touches and movement is actually something so great, because then it reinforces what we feel anyway. And it's much more difficult to ignore our surrounding or like to ignore ourselves if somebody mm -hmm. else is touching us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to stay serious when you're being tickled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or someone is just laughing with you, yeah. men to believe, no, the world is serious. <laughs> But I hear something else. <laughs> We talked for a while about the very practical aspect of how, mm. to, how to do this, how to clean the antenna. Mm. <laughs> But I think I would like to close with a very practical bit For someone who's listening, where to start when this resonates, when mm -hmm. they feel like, ah, yeah, it's like maybe they're challenged right now by mm -hmm. life or they mm -hmm. feel they carry mm -hmm. something old that is limiting them. What is a very practical first step that they can do where to start or yeah, to go into this direction of 
mm. relaxing into trusting life. Mm. Yeah, I mean that I call this work transformative body work. It's like because it's more like following the transformation and yeah, trusting life and trusting this dance of life. Mm -hmm. Okay, what could you do practically? I think maybe to take some time in moments where you don't feel completely challenged but maybe start even with some moments where things are relatively easy like a moment in during the day and then lie down and um, also stand sit whatever just like how you're comfortable and start to to breathe and pay attention to your experience and to your impulses. You also don't have to sit still. Maybe you want to move, but so that you pay attention to, to your experience. And there already the first challenge comes because most of the time then we start to watch ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I would really recommend not to watch, but just to experience and to breathe with the experience, even if it's not spectacular at all. And then just to follow what wants to happen. Maybe you feel like, wow, then if I notice my experience, actually I want to move my shoulders. Actually, I want to get up. Actually, I want to lie down. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, and, and I keep with my breath and with my experience. And mm -hmm. I start to follow what starts to become stronger than in me. And maybe pay attention to what feels alive in you and not necessarily something problematic but actually what feels alive and to breathe with it to give it more space and to allow to experiment in the state maybe allow to do something that you never did before maybe you notice I want to roll around on the floor. I never used my car kit for this. It's <laughs> <laughs> only so many years. <laughs> Actually, I want to lie upside down on the chair and okay. open my diaphragm. It's like a really lazy yoga pose. Then <laughs> <laughs> I go into exploration with your experience and keep breathing with it mm. and allow to follow what feels right for you what makes you feel more alive and shaking is also really easy access to breathe mm -hmm. and to bounce on the ground feel the ground and have the shaking from your knees and your ankles and just let the upper part of the body shake with it it can really make the nervous system mm -hmm. release and i would say with other things with meeting all parents, I would take somebody with you if you're mm -hmm. very unknown, but because mm -hmm. then you have like a guide keeps you always in reality and mm -hmm. um, I think this is way easier. Even if it's a workshop where you get guided through it or like in one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. If you go into the past, take a guide. Yes. <laughs> so you always, so you don't get, yeah. Yeah, you don't get lost. Yeah. Yeah hypnotized by something and yeah mm. yeah and because this is a uh, audio only for the people listening what happened when sophie started to talk about following the body more we both started to <laughs> wiggle around and 
I started to move my lower back because we've been sitting for a while now and my lower back is actually like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bladder tells me, go to the toilet, finally! <laughs> Very practical. <laughs> so this is where we will start. <laughs> cool. Yeah, thank you so much for yes. your time. Thank you, it was a very, it was a big pleasure. Mm. And I think we, think we kind of polished a few nice gemstones there. Thank <laughs> God left from you have less of a few times. Yeah, it's part of, part of life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our talk. To find out more about Sophie, you can check out her website, which is sophiekinkel.de. There you will find everything about sessions, about her school, if you're interested in learning this work yourself, upcoming events, and yeah, a lot more info on this work that we both do. <laughs> so yeah, I wish you a lot of trust in the ever-transforming life and a lot of devotion that life force can flow through you and from you into the world. And see you back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>